Hi, everyone. I'm John Strausner. And I'm Berta Alexander. And this is Break Some Dishes, an Imagine a Place production. We're looking to places where radical change and transformation are happening. We're talking to people who cross boundaries of their disciplines to use design as a tool to solve the world's most pressing problems. Let's break some dishes. Well, Verda, happy Earth Day. (laughs) Yeah, happy Earth Day, John. I'm excited for Earth Day. I am too. I remember last Earth Day, we got to do a little conversation with Doug, which was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. We kind of talked about how we wanted to spend Earth Day. And I think this, I'm really excited about this episode because um, we're actually, I think, I think our Earth Day, special Earth Day episode of Break Some Dishes, I think we're talking about something that we probably could have been talking about a long time ago. I think it's an episode that we've always wanted to do, right, John? Yeah. 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 It's about, what is it about, Verda? Let the cat out of the bag. Well, <laughs> we're going to be talking about activism. And I I know you and I have had multiple conversations, and you're the one that that thought of the idea, said, hey, why don't we finally do this episode? And I was like, uh, and then I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know activism. uh, I wanted to start with um, plugging another Imagine a Place production, um, uh, production, I guess, or podcast, right? That is the the icons. Yes. Yes. The impact icons. Jennifer Levison. Yep. And you were on an episode and you talked about the word sustainability, how it it's lost its meaning and it doesn't really, it doesn't have the impact that it has today that it had maybe 20 or 30 years ago. I feel that way a little bit about act the word activism as well. What do Mm. you think? Like, I feel like people don't know what it means. I agree. And I think it's because the conversation is shifting and changing. And so the word that we use needs to keep up with what's happening. And, you know, activism, I think used to be, I think was telling somebody about this the other day, you know, we used to think about activism. It was, you know, you just have this mental image of Vietnam war protests and people getting led away and thrown in the back of police paddy wagon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And activism is a lot different today. It's a lot more sophisticated and a lot more effective. Yeah. And well, I think, I think, that scared people off to the word activism, right? I think it's it's kind of become a bit of a turnoff. But I think I would argue that activism can not can be something that's not divisive and can actually really work towards the greater good in general and doesn't have to be seen as this extremist radical thing per se necessarily, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think... I, I, I think a lot of people, when you think about activism, being active in the climate change conversation, you know, a lot of people, I think, erroneously assume that that means they're going to put themselves out there and they're going to open themselves up for criticism. You know, think about somebody like a Greta Thunberg, right? Like, yeah. that's that's a, obviously a, a, a climate activist who is 
who has a global recognition. And yeah, she puts herself out there and she takes a lot of hits. And that's that's what people like Greta Thunberg have to do. But you don't, we don't all have to do that. There's so many opportunities for individuals to be active in this conversation without exposing themselves to the meanness that is social media. <laughs> well, I agree with you to a point, John. Um, I do think that that activism and being an activist needs to mean something. And I was just talking with a group of friends and we we're, were talking about act just happened to be talking about activism. They're like, yeah, you know, we need to we need to share some examples, you know, like like recycling. And I was like, hold on a minute. Wow. <laughs> really? An example of what? Is that <laughs> activism? And I don't think that just doing the right thing is activism. Would you agree with oh. that? I mean. No, I don't. I don't think I agree with that. But go on. I want to hear. I really well, want to hear what you Well, just doing the right thing. It's kind of like the word sustainability, right? Yeah. Like we're, we all should be recycling. And you're, and if you're recycling, you're recycling in your, your own little bubble and you're doing the right thing. You sh- you're doing what you should be doing. And I'm sorry, yeah. you're not an activist. So, gotcha. for, and I've got an, a de- multiple gotcha. definitions of activism. Yeah. Um, and I, it's hard to pick the, the best one, but an activist is a person who engages in activism. Okay. We agree on that, right? An yeah. activism yeah. is the practice of taking direct action to achieve political or social goals so, or action okay. taken to create social change. So right. I think that at the base level, you, an activist needs to be changing somebody else's mind, needs to be in somebody else's influencing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. At a minimum. Yep. I okay. think you're right there. I think, you know, I, I have some notes here too that I really wanted to talk about because when you think about activism, I have a little definition too. Climate activism is what happens when people from all over the world come together to put pressure on national and business leaders to take action to safeguard a livable future. Solving See, the in that climate one crisis. In that yeah. one, you're, you're influencing. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that I also go back to our conversation with Auden Schendler quite a while ago when he was talking about force multiply. He was talking about the power of force multiplication. And I think that's a lot of what activism is too, because one of the biggest problems I think that we have with climate change is this, this um, mindset that people have that they're an individual and there's nothing that they can do individually that's going to change the course of climate change. And activism, I think, is an outlet so that we don't fall into that trap of just giving up. Yeah, but I think we need some, some, and maybe that's, I think that's what we should chart out a little bit today is like some different steps that people can take to, to, and I, to take a stand as an activist. Yeah, and and I also want to. I, I also think it's important to point out that climate activists are not new, and I want to go all the way back to 1962 when Rachel Carson wrote "Silent Spring." So 
that was a watershed moment for climate activism. That book sold more than 500,000 copies in 24 countries, and it raised awareness to the connection between environmental destruction and public health. And then on the heels of that, this is really interesting. In 1970, a U.S. senator named Gaylord Nelson drew on the tactics of the anti-war movement to organize the very first Earth Day. And, and that day drew 20 million people and connected struggles against all the different environmental issues like oil spills and pollution and wilderness depletion and all that stuff. And, and that's really – that. Actually, that Earth Day back in 1970 led to the creation of the EPA and the, pa the passage of the Clean Air and Clean Water Acts, which I think mm -hmm. is pretty pivotal. So for all those people that think that, you know, activism is just a way, it's just a vent, it's just a way for me to get out there and hit the streets and protest, activism creates impact. And I think that's why I was saying, gosh, you know, we could have been talking mm -hmm. about activism a long time ago, because you and I are always looking for different ways of impacting this conversation. Yeah. I mean, you could say this podcast is a form of activism. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is right. It absolutely is because we're, we're a platform for the conversation. Uh, we, we seek out those people that are breaking away from the status quo and we're trying yeah. to highlight those, those individuals, those outliers. I, I, I did find something, I did find out something else in my, in my research under activism, Verda. Can I share with you like one more thing that I found out that I thought was pretty yeah. cool? So in 1973, communities in Northern India um, actually drew inspiration from the Bijnoi three centuries earlier to protest rampant deforestation. And so they formed something called the Chipko movement, which means to hug or embrace. You know where I'm going with this? No. <laughs> so community members led by women would go out and protect trees by uh, from logging by wrapping their arms around the trees. So when the protest when the protests garnered international media attention, this led to the spread of the phrase tree hugger. So that's where the phrase tree hugger came from. These Indian women going out to protect their trees from from the logging industry, which is interesting. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think there's a long history of protests. And I think a lot of protests actually happening right now in a number of countries that and we've seen them work effectively to halt government, to, to change course. Um, maybe the last, the la last one I remember here, well, there was a number, but the, the me too, the women's March, right. In 20, yeah. Oh gosh, what year was that? That, that brought out huge records of people to march and protest. So I feel like, you know, that's to me, like, the quintessential form of activism is going out and protesting, right? In various forms. Yeah. 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 I, and I think that's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I yeah. You were going to say something. Um, so, and it wasn't ever something that I was excited to do or thought that I would want to do until I read this book. And I, I know I've shared this book with you. It's called, this is not a drill. And it's, it's Extinction Rebellion, Rebellion's Manifesto. And I grabbed it on an airplane from London to back home. 
and read the whole thing cover to cover. It's <laughs> depressing, but also encouraging. And um, it was in 20, December of 2019, and I came home and I immediately joined our local chapter of Extinction Rebellion. It talks about how you don't have to convince everyone to, to do something or to become an activist or even to really, to even necessarily do the right thing or to even believe in whatever, climate change, for example. You just need a very small, active group of the population to get out there and make a lot of noise. And they quote, and, and you need to do it strategically in large cities like Washington, D.C., New York, L.A., you know, certain metrop big metropolises, and it just has to be a certain number. And the Women's March achieved that number. It's like about 1% of the population. And they got that many women and men out at D.C. and other places. God, what year was that? <laughs> Should have looked it up. You have all your mm. you have all your notes all nice and organized. But yeah, it made <laughs> me think that, you know, if we could just get enough people out there on the streets in or in an organized way, we can make some noise and try to get some change yeah. to happen. Yeah, you're so right. That, that I, got I, me excited yeah. about this idea of activism. Yep. That's and not the I only way to be an activist. It there's a whole new way of doing it. And I I found out too. Um Four in 10 Americans say that when they see younger Americans um, taking action, urging action on climate change, it makes them feel more interested in addressing the issue. So, you know, at the very least, you're going to get people's attention. You're going to bring an issue to light. I think that's at least that's movement. I, I did just read something that I thought was really cool. Um, there's a group out there called Climate Defiance. and they have written what they call their theory of change. And what they say is online petitions will not stop climate change. And I read that and I was a little bit disappointed because I love to get these online petitions. Have you ever gotten an online petition on like Instagram? Yeah, or whatever? I get a, you know, a lot you, of them. <laughs> and they make it really easy for you to click on the link and go through and, and add your name. Right. But these guys are saying that's not going to do it. What we need is consistent mass turnout, nonviolent disruption to stop business as usual and compel politicians to act. When we engage in direct action, whether through strike, a blockade, or a mass occupation, we break through. And there's a lot to be said for that. Right. Yeah. And nonviolent is definitely key. But yeah, back to your your youth, you know, there is a great move, youth movement, climate youth movement called sun, the Sunrise Movement, which is phenomenal. But there's also, you know, we don't want to put it all on the young people. There's also a number of mm. um, other groups. And there's actually a group of older, older people, um, over 60. It's started by Bill McKibben. It's called Third Act. And yeah. there's also, I love this one, yeah. one, I think it's 1,000 grandmas. 1,000 one grandmas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we all need to get out there. So I don't want to just put it on the youth. But it is, it is encouraging to see young people out there. So there's other ways. So if you're not an activist, you can, I think that's perfectly okay. I think you can be a supporter. You can be an advocate. You can be a champion. You can be a promoter. So there's all kinds of ways to support activists if you're, no, don't feel like you're 
you're on that line or on the other side of that line. Um, and there's also other ways to be activists. And we've talked about this on our podcast before. I found this really cool article about that basically voting is more powerful. Like your the emissions reduction that you the emissions that you reduce by voting is greater than any single lifestyle change that you could make. So voting or mobilizing other people to know that you know to vote um, or getting people that aren't registered to vote or supporting a, a green pro-climate candidate in any number of ways, those are huge things that you can do. And that doesn't mean you have to pick up a sign or march or tie yourself to a tree or any of that. Right. No, absolutely. I, I think that's the big thing about activism is, is that it gives you an opportunity to find, you know, I, we had that conversation with Jason McLennan and he was like, it's a big problem. It's like a holistic problem and, and we need to solve it holistically. And that means um, it, the solution could be complicated. And I think he's right. The solution probably is complicated and that's what overwhelms so many people. But the great thing about activism is it does allow you to choose one thing, one thing that maybe you're really good at or that you're really comfortable in doing. And you can just do that one thing and know that you're part of a bigger movement that will create the kind of impact that we need to create. So, yeah. uh, you know. Absolutely. Keep, keep it simple. Maybe you start out signing those petitions. And you feel like, okay, at least I'm signing these these petitions and I'm starting to get notices and, and organizations are reaching out to me and they're educating me. And now I'm, I'm immersing myself, right? I'm embedding myself in the movement. I'm learning more. And then maybe the next step is to find a couple of, a couple of activist organizations that you believe in and you want to donate, you know, and you want to support those organizations, right? And then eventually you get to the point where, oh, wow, they're, they're actually going to get together and do a protest in my, in my city. I'm going to go watch it. Or even before that, write letters, call your congressman, you know? Yeah. Those are yep. things that are probably a little more effective than signing a petition. There's a group called um, Inside the Movement. And what they did was pretty cool. Um, they actually created a, a, a kind of a neat um, process where they reached out on Instagram and they said, hey, uh, if, if you want to get involved and help us out here, text you know these numbers or text um, activate to these numbers. And so, you know, you, you do that, you text to that number they give you and you put the word activate in, and then they give you like a next step, go to the webpage, right? And then you go to the webpage and they really help you uh, send really specific letters to specific congressmen that they want to, it's, it's something that one individual would have a really hard time doing. Do you know what I mean? They, took the time to actually reach out to the specific congressman that they knew needed to hear from them. And they helped you reach those specific congressmen. So it was definitely an example of an organization making it really easy for one individual to have impact and for you to direct your energy 
in exactly specifically where it needed to go, which I thought was pretty cool. Well, yes. And what I thought was in some ways even cooler than that was how it went totally viral on TikTok. And it's something there's a lot of young people post, post their TikTok videos about climate change or climate action. They don't gain a lot of traction typically, but this Mm -hmm. Willow project went completely viral on TikTok. And so there was a huge, it really made people look, it didn't obviously get the result that they wanted. I'm sure, I'm sure Biden took notice, but it wasn't quite enough, but I don't think that that's a reason to, to think that it it was a failure. I think it was an incredible coming together of young people on a social media platform to advocate for something. And I think that maybe next time it will have the positive result that I think there were other, other factors at play, but I think that that in particular is super exciting to me that, that, that there was a groundswell of young people behind something. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. There's, have you ever heard of, um, this woman, her name is Mary and I'm probably not pronouncing her middle name, Mary Anais Hegler. Have you heard of her? No. Um, it's pretty, she's really interesting. She's a writer. She's a podcaster. She's a social media vigilante. And and she kind of started taking on big oil through Twitter. And that's how she got her reputation. Um, she started back in like 2017, just taking on big oil. So I think what I found as I started to really get more involved in activism is that um, activism does a really good job of directing our energies. And, and and to me, that was one of the things I was struggling with the most with this conversation was there's just so many different problems coming at us. Where do you start? Where do you focus? And to be involved with an organization does give you the feeling that you're directing your energy in a way that's productive and specific. Yeah. It'll also give you a focus. A lot of these, like I just joined a protest with third act. They were calling all of their, all of their sister organizations to, to, to join them. And we protested at a bank a couple weeks ago. We'll probably do that, do that again in a few weeks. So for Um, people who don't know, explain why you would protest at a bank. The, the movement or the, the action is called stop dirty banks. And Basically, the big banks, Chase, Wells Fargo, et cetera, are all still investing heavily in oil, what you just mentioned. Yeah. Meaning they're they're financing oil companies. They're financing big oil projects. Projects. I don't know who. Yeah. Yeah. Like who's financing the Willow Project, but there's banks behind that. Yeah, exactly. Conoco so has to have funding. Yeah. So that's the idea. And it might not be the right tact, but it's something. And the whole idea is to... Yeah to build awareness and to, to build this movement. And, and I'll say one other thing, if you go out and protest, you know, I make, I'm part of the art action group for Extinction Rebellion. So I make or draw or paint a lot of the posters and banners and things like that. I was doing some of that about a month ago for this campaign. 
And when I go out, I, I'm one of the peaceful people in the back holding the banners. <laughs> Other people <laughs> who are trained are the ones that will chain themselves to the doors of the bank or lie down on the doorsteps of the bank trying to block business as usual and things like that. So there's all kinds of ways to, to engage or participate. So just wanted to make that clear as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the, the what makes this conversation, I think, kind of unique for us, Verda, is that in our industry, we don't typically talk about this, do we? You know, there's a lot of people in our, in our industry that are very smart and very committed to trying to impact this movement. But I never hear anybody actually deviate. Our, our typical conversation is along the lines of, you know, environmental design, environmental architecture. How do you use the right materials? How do you follow the proper code? How do you go after the right green certification? Right. All of that. But, but nobody ever talks about, um, you know, a way to impact the movement that's not specifically tied to our industry. Well, that's why you wanted to record this episode, right? Yeah. I wanted You're to like, get it on people's radar. I want people to understand. I, you know, I, I look at, I look at the, well, you know, the IPCC, which is, what does that stand for? The international, um, it's the, it's the, Governing Authority on Global Change, the IPCC. I know, climate change. Um, what does P stand for? Yeah. Planetary, whatever. Um, IPCC. We should know this. Inter the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Panel. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so they just issued their latest report, which is really, really stark. And have you looked at it yet? Have you had a chance yeah, to see it? I have. I, yeah. I mean, it's really, they don't, they don't um, pull any punch, any punches. No. They, Mince I think they're words. tired of coming out with these reports every year and having them mostly ignored by just about everyone. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and we continue to um, emit greenhouse gases at record levels. So we're not, we're not mitigating our behavior to affect greenhouse gas emissions. And in fact, the building industry continues to be about 38% of that. So, you know, that's where I, I just want to make people in our industry aware that if you think that green building certifications and green product certifications are going to do it, you're sadly mistaken. It hasn't been working. And we actually need to find where the real culprits of greenhouse gas emission is coming from. And it's in the, it's in the fossil fuel industry. And we, 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 we have to start acknowledging that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that, and let, we can call it design activism, is even more fundamental than that. It goes even deeper than just targeting or trying to address greenhouse gas emissions specifically. Um, I'm gonna. I've got a quote here from a professor. Uh, he was actually my professor at UC Berkeley many, many years ago. He stated that every design action is a political act that concretizes power and authority. That's pretty mm. deep, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it goes back to this idea that everything is by design. Everything around us is by design. And we have the power through how we design things, how we deliver the built environment 
to actually change people's behavior. And to me, yes, we can address global warming and emissions and and uh, embodied carbon, but really where we can make the biggest impact is by changing people's behaviors through how we design things. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got another um, definition for design activism recognizes design activism recognizes the potential and capacity of design as a tool for social and environmental progress. Hmm. So I, to go back to your previous quote, I've never heard anybody use the word concretize, but that's a pretty cool word. Yeah. Right. I was hoping I was going to spit it out. Right. (laughs) I think you did. It made sense to me. I mean, concretize. I'm going to start trying to use that word if it's even if even if we're misusing it right now. I'm going to concretize that vernacular. Uh, beginning okay, today. I challenge you, John, to use it before the end of this podcast. Oh, I am concretized. I am convinced. I will definitely do it. Um, I also read something too about half of Americans are at least moderately confident that people like them working together can influence what local businesses or their local government do about global warming. Fewer Americans are confident that they can influence what their state governments, corporations, or the federal government do about global warming. So I think that that's kind of interesting, right? Local businesses and local government seem to be where people have the most confidence right now. Yeah, and that's actually a great segue because I I do believe that one of one of the problems that we're having there's so many problems we're having in America, but with this extreme polarization and kind of seems like just complete gridlock with government, especially at the national level, is that we're focusing too much on national politics, and we've kind of forgotten. Like we, I don't even know if there, uh, I don't even I haven't even looked at a local paper, and I don't know how long. And there is a lot that can be done at the local level and local policy, either within our city or our state or our counties. And um, yeah, that there's a lot of opportunity there to make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for local activism. Yeah, absolutely. And I just started, finally, I found a newsletter called Cal Matters. And so it kind of the newsletter that comes every few days and it breaks down the what's happening policy wise at the local level. And it's been really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, cause I know we can't talk forever, but what are some of your favorite organizations? You've listed a few of them, right? Is extinction rebellion, your favorite organization that, that you personally are part of? Um, I, I go back and forth. I like XR. Um, I, I I absolutely love this manifesto, and I, I really do believe that you know if we just get enough people out there to protesting, that we can we can get people's heads to turn. Um, Look, but I I think it's it's a movement that started in the UK, so I feel like globally they're a little more effective than maybe. Here, um, I love Climate Reality Project. This is Al Gore's uh, movement. 
I mean, organization. He started it. They have a great, they train every couple of, I think a couple, every couple of, a couple of times a year, they do this mass training and then you join your local organization and they have these, what they call local policy squads. And so they break into even smaller groups and actually go to city council meetings and look at what's happening. Sometimes they run for office. Um, I think that's a great one. Um, and then locally, there's so many. I, I, I love some of the names. So there's 350 Bay Area. We have something called Idle No More, Bay Rising, San Francisco Climate Emergency Coalition. There's a number of them. And we've mentioned a few of the, the third act and a few of the others as well. There's so many, right? Mm. And Yeah, yeah. And then even- Depending if, on- Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. And then there's even, you know, if you want to get more involved in policy, there's like the Environmental Voter, wait, what's it called? Environmental Voter Project. Um, There is Climate Voice. I think it's just, there's so many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I love your advice, Verda, on, on local activism. I think that makes a lot of sense. That makes the problem solving more personal. Oh, and, and I think John, what? you name, name some of your favorites because yours are uh, a little, you know, we, we talked about this when we were prepping for the show, you know, so some of these are broader, right. And just yeah. addressing climate change in general, but you've got some favorites that are a little more specific, but are also doing really good work around climate change. Yeah. I like surf rider. I, you know, I, I, you know, you and I had a chance to have Chad Nelson, the CEO on one of our really, really early break some dishes episodes. And you can't help but love Chad and what he's doing with surf rider. Surf rider is all about, um, protecting our coastlines from not just from climate change, but from, uh, irresponsible development. And not only is Surfrider committed to protecting the coastline, but it's really committed to protecting coastline community economies, right? So you have a lot of coastline communities whose economy is really dependent on the health of, of their, of their coastline. Look at what's happening in Florida right now with these allergy blooms. And I mean, the coastline health has really um, got some challenges to it right now. But, you know, we have, according to the IPC's new report, um, not a lot to look forward to. 2022 had a supercharged hurricane season, I think. You may, you and I may have talked about that on another episode. We were talking about like a three-day cyclone that went through the southern part of Africa that was crazy. There's algae blooms. So there's a lot going on. And, and Surfrider really helps with regulations. So Surfrider will find out that, you know, there's a building permit or there's a regulation that's changing and they'll go out and fight against that. So that gives you a chance to really get involved in local um, legislation, which is cool. I also like POW, protect our winners. You always see just those three letters, P-O-W. And protect our winters is if you are an outdoor enthusiast, right? You may not live close to um, a coastline, but you may be a big skier or uh, a big hiker, right? And so POW gets behind. Um, they really, in, they do something really interesting. They enlist professional outdoor athletes, mountain bikers, 
uh, mountain climbers, snowboarders, skiers, and that's how they get their message uh, across. They do a lot of uh, campaigning and a lot of work in Washington, D.C. on federal regulation. So, And then the other one that I really like is um, Inside the Movement. And I think what's cool about Inside the Movement is anybody who's listening, if you want to start to kind of figure out a path for yourself when it comes to some form of, of of getting active. Um, if you want to concretize your action, um, they actually have a action toolkit and they will actually help you, um, become more active. So, you know, there's, there's a process that you can follow to make it a little bit, a little bit easier on yourself, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think what's great about the ones that you mentioned, you, I think it's great to follow your passion too. Like if you're a, beachcomber or a surfer or a skier, those might be more appropriate groups for you to be a part of because I think the more passionate you are about something, the more you'll step up and do something. Yeah. And look at, you know, there's organizations that have been out there forever too, like the Sierra Club, Yeah, like the Audubon Society, right? I mean, so- one of the reasons I liked Extinction Rebellion because they use art. They do a lot of costumes and props and puppets and things like that in their protests and in their marches. And that's one of the reasons I was drawn to them because I like making yeah. art. That I think that there is an organization out there for everybody, right? I mean, you'll find one that works for you for sure. Yeah. But. And then what's great is a lot of them come together and and try to do joint protests or joint um, yeah, campaigns, which, which then you're you're amplifying your power. So, yep, and 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 just to put it on everybody's radar here as we wrap up, there is a bill out there now, Verda. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's it's called Bill HR one, and uh, Kevin McCarthy and uh, a bunch of his Republican colleagues have started this to 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 work on this bill, which will counteract a lot of what the Inflation Reduction Act started. So that should be on everybody's radar right now if you hear anything about that. And um, that's one of the things that uh, this group inside the movement is working on right now is getting behind a protest for Bill H.R. 1, which can very quietly, under the cover of midnight, come and go without anybody knowing about it. That's how these things happen. Yeah. So. There, there's also an app that I forgot to mention called Climate Action Now. You download the app and it'll give you something to do every day, whether it's to call a congressman oh, or write what a, a letter. Good tip. Or, yeah. Climate Action Climate Now. Climate Action Now. I like that. Yeah. Well, Verda, this was good. I, you know, I feel better just talking about all the different ways that you can actually create action. Yeah. Let's get out there and create some social change. Verda, I want to see you get out there and get arrested. Nothing <laughs> will build your credibility more than if I see you being carried by four policemen and thrown in the back of a paddy wagon. <laughs> Would you do that for me? Would you get arrested for me, please? No, I don't know, John. <laughs> oh, whatever. All right. Your, your dedication. This is good, Verda. This is All good. All right, John. All well, right, happy Verda. Earth, happy Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. Get yeah. out there and join a, even if it's just a march from one block to the next. Let's yeah. all get out there. Do something, right? Do something, yep, even if it's just a 
tweet something out there. Go yeah, on Instagram yeah. and just wish everybody a happy Earth Day. Even if it's just a walk in nature to appreciate planet Earth. Appreciate it. Yeah. Excellent. Thank All you, right, Roberta. John. If you've enjoyed today's episode, drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. To hear more trailblazers taking on the world's issues through the lens of design, visit us at breaksomedishes.com. I'm Berta Alexander. And I'm John Strasner. And you've been listening to Break Some Dishes. <laughs>